Everyone's so excited, except for Tallboy. Who's mad? Tallboy's power is being threatened. I don't think he likes that very much. Tallboy feels like a small boy. That was the worst joke you have ever... I I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Ah, I'm sorry. I am done with you, personally, professionally. Congratulations on that joke. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My serpent name would be Blondie, which kind of, you know, goes into lost territory, so I'm excited about it. And also, it's a good dessert. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And my serpent name would be Double D, and I think that explains itself. (laughs) You know what I think is funny? What? Um, My new OTP and favorite humans, uh, favorite fictional humans in the world, FP and Alice. Um, Uh It's like, I I have brooding anti-heroes in mine. And you have badass milfs in yours. So, like, they were just meant to be important to us. I, like, I leaned into that description, and then I was like, you know what? Instead of marble countertops, I'm going to go for naps. Yeah. All right. But all right. either way, our, our bios on there are very complimentary. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of us. Yeah. And by that us, I mean you, because that was all your idea. <laughs> Today, we have words to say about episode 208 of Riverdale, House of the Devil. Okay. Um, okay. Really quick for okay. lo- lo- uh, thoughts from listeners. We had Janice, uh, who hit us up again, trying to tell us that the Fox Forest house and the one that Betty went to and the one where the people died in was the same house. And we, I was like, what? I didn't even think about that. That's my least Janice favorite is thing. Genius. It's when people are like, oh, actually, wait, I'm smart. And, and, then, and then it like happens on the show. So it's just like, no, I was smart, though. Yeah, I knew this before the show told us. No, Janice is a genius. Yep. So shout out to Janice because we were dumb and you were smart. (laughs) So smart. I also wanted to point out that I texted Brittany before the episode talking about how maybe one of the sons or like a son lived in the, um, like ended up living in in the family that got murdered and maybe he... I, well, I thought he was the Black Hood, which is the same thing that Ronnie thought. So, like, you know. But, like, also, so did Jughead. <laughs> so, I thought of that, too. You're like, I was on track with my theories, okay? So, yeah. I should get points. So, the title, it, it was a 2009 American horror film. There is, like, a thing where it's, like, a slasher slash haunted house genre. And it was about a college student babysitter. I think that the title is about where the parallels end on this one. Just because they used that in the episode okay so i don't think that any of the i haven't seen any of these movies because i don't like horror movies <laughs> so i don't know. i haven't seen them because like i'll i'll watch like one horror movie every five years right uh so do you want to talk real quick about josie and cheryl uh yeah all right let's get started uh okay locker room <sighs> this is such a weird scene it's so strange <laughs> it's like it's the predatory, like, lesbian trope all over the place. 
I feel bad for Mr. Svensson in this episode, but also like, dude, you should have knocked. What are you thinking? Yeah, he definitely should have knocked. But like, you know, looking back, obviously it was meant to make us like a little bit suspicious of him. Yeah. I have (laughs) like, but Cheryl was like extra mean. She did not have to be that mean. No, she didn't. He clearly wasn't being predatory. Cheryl doesn't understand how to love people properly. Someone in this room is a predator, and it isn't Mr. Svensson. It isn't him. Um, It's the teenage girl. Yeah. I really loved that Cheryl has her own special red towel. I think that's funny. She's always on brand. And then Josie's literally like, okay, we're not doing massaging anymore. But thank you. Okay, but can we talk about how nice this high school locker room is? So nice. My high school locker room was not that nice. You Like, you were lucky if they're, like, if you didn't get fungus from the floors. I'm trying to remember what my high school locker room looked like. I didn't spend a lot of time in gym class, so... Yeah, it definitely was not as nice. It was, like, maybe just as big, but um, the color scheme certainly was not as good. Next scene with those two, uh, they're at Pops. They're talking about how Josie has uh, this opportunity uh, to perform at a car dealership opening. And Cheryl says that's barely a step above amateur porn. And I was like, that's just incorrect. That's incorrect. And also, like, they're 16. Yeah. They're they're 16. I mean, at 16, I absolutely knew what porn was. But I don't know if I would have been brave enough to say something like that. She's ridiculous. Um, But also, she's getting paid really well. So She's getting paid so well. Oh, my gosh. That's so much money, not only for, like, anyone, but for a flippin' teenager. The thing that I think is so ridiculous about this is it's just, like, it's five songs. Mm-hmm. You could do, maybe, like, I would do five songs for $200. Yeah, be like, oh, okay, you want to pay me, like, a amount of money and some food? Cool. Yeah, I'm down. But the, but what I think is so re- so funny is that it's just, like, it's Reggie's dad who's paying her so that Reggie can escort her to the party. It's just like, why is your dad paying you? Yeah, like, she would probably just say yes to Reggie. Your dad is paying for your date. That's super... Oh, you know what? That's actually really creepy. You know what this reminds me of? When Penelope showed up and went, Archie, will you date my daughter so I'll get you a good uh, place in in a music school thing? Yeah, it's using women as bargaining chips for their sons. Yeah. I'm suddenly very uncomfortable and not happy. Hmm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really feeling any of Josie's options at this point. No. Um. Josie's options. Josie's. Uh. Ronnie. Yeah. Why not? That sounds great. All right. I'm. I'm yeah. down. Okay. And then just uh, this kind of um, ties into a different one, but Cheryl decides since she's upset that Josie's going to this thing with Reggie, and she actually kind of wants to. She spills her milkshake all over the floor, which is a parallel to season one when she did the same thing to Ron, Ronnie's mom. This scene kind of reeks of, like, explaining Cheryl's absolute privilege. Yeah. And then she goes, um, clean it up like you did my brother's blood or whatever. And I was like, this is a season one problem. Let it go. But at the same time, I kind of got it, though. Yeah. I got it. Like, I don't know if I'd ever be able to let that go. It's true. You know what? No wonder Cheryl's gone off the deep end. You know what? It's true because, like, you know, you have these brooding anti-heroes, people like FP and like Sawyer from Lost and like John Murphy from The 100, my favorites right here. Mm-hmm. And you think, 
all three of those people have killed somebody. I mean, FP hasn't yeah. killed anybody, but he sure did help with it. And yet, at this point in the series, they're all redeemed. Be- and you, for- you forget about what they've done. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, that's, of course, the sign of, like, a good character mm-hmm. arc and good development is you can kind of see past those things, but... For people in real life who still have to, like, experience, like, being the victim, I would never expect them to get over it. I would never expect someone to get over the murder of their brother. I forget that FP had such a big role in Jason's murder. Yeah. So, you know, Cheryl is absolutely being a brat. There's a lot of classism here. But I can't bring myself to really blame her for whatever she's going through in regards to FP. Not in what she's doing to Josie, because who knows what's happening there. But in regards to FP, I get it. And Jughead's speech where he's like, he's like a legend. And I was like, he helped murder a kid. Yeah. What, where is the perspective here? And like, you know, you can think about like the reasoning he had for that, you know, because Clifford did threaten Jughead. Oh, of course. So it's like, I think that most parents, given that, like, in that that sort of situation, would probably do what he did. Of course. So. It was definitely, there was a no-win situation, of course. You know, there was also turning Clifford in and letting everyone know that he was a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, FP made a lot of really hard decisions. I just think, you know, Jughead's glorification of him kind of took me by surprise. I, you know what? It's true. Yeah. And then, like, you know, this monarchy thing that's going on where they're calling him a king and everything. Eh. You know? A little bit. A little uncomfortable, honestly. It's uncomfortable, but I'm enjoying watching it because it's it's definitely like watching um, royalty fall, you know? Especially because, like, FP has become one of my favorite characters just um, this episode. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> no one expected this, but here I am. I actually, the ultimate brooding anti-hero. I super didn't see him or this plotline coming, but I'm no. really, I'm good with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want to move on to Veronica and Archie? Yeah. Jughead in his voiceover is talking about uh, the Red Death, which is a thing in an Edgar Allan Poe poem, but it's also the, if I read correctly, uh, alter ego, the evil alter ego of Batman is called the Red Death. I didn't know Batman had an evil alter ego. If I read that correctly, and I think I did. Okay. But if, you know, if someone else knows more about superheroes, hit me up. How many alter egos (laughs) does one man need? Yeah. Veronica and Archie, like, I think this is why the storylines like this with the younger cast members makes me so uncomfortable. Because it's like, if this was adults, consenting adults, I'd be like, cool, go at it. Woo! Yeah, have a good time. But... Like, watching this, I'm just like, yes, these two actors are adults, but these characters they're trying to tell us are going all over the place, just wherever, just every single place they possibly could. Where is Fred in their house at this point? But, you know, it's it's weird. And everyone seems to kind of just accept... I mean, obviously, teenagers are socially active, like, you know, at 16... Or socially, sexually active, like, at 16... Mm -hmm. You know, people definitely start experimenting and stuff, but regular, I don't know. It just kind of, it freaks me out that it's treated so casually. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like no yeah. one has like a, a talk with them about it. Cheryl calls them xenomorphs, which is what the alien is called from Alien. Once again, which, have not seen Alien, but that's what I read. You haven't seen Sigourney Weaver's best role? No, that's a scary movie. It actually, you know what? Alien is scary. You wouldn't yeah. like it. So pass. <laughs> yeah. Robin's a big baby. My next thing is Hiram question mark. Yeah, you know what? I am a big baby. Mm-hmm. I am like innocent in more ways than most people. You are you are you are a sheltered child. It's how I was made, though. <laughs> I was like, born um, this way, okay? Genuinely, like there's worse things in the world. To these be high schoolers doing this feels so weird to me. I don't know if I've told this story before, but when I was in high school, I thought like when people were talking about sex and stuff, I thought they were overreacting. What do you mean? I didn't because I didn't know that there was a word for asexuality. I didn't know that that was a thing. Uh huh. So I just thought I was straight. And so my other straight friends would be like, oh, yes, talking about it and talking about how, like, how in the world do you wait till marriage? It's impossible. And, like, my th- my thought was always just like, girl, you just wait. <laughs> what What's the problem? But I love that kind of innocence because, like, I feel like in this world so few people have it. One time my friend said to me, oh, you don't want anything to do with him because uh, all he wants is a girlfriend so he can have sex with her. And I kept being like, that makes no sense. Why wouldn't you want somebody to, like, talk to? But that's the best perspective because that's what relationships should be about. It shouldn't be just based on sex. <laughs> like, so I don't it, know. Like, all throughout high school, I was like, huh? And then that one night in December, I think it was four, five, almost five years ago. What day? It was the the... Thir- uh, 2013. 2013 December. So it's been four years since I realized that I'm asexual. Mm-hmm. Happy anniversary. Every time that I see like a BuzzFeed quiz that's like, oh, uh, do this or do this quiz and we'll tell you how sexual you are. I always do it just so I can be like, nope, 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 nope. And see <laughs> if they'll be like, oh, I think you're asexual or whatever, you know? Yeah. So there's this quiz um, that I was doing on Tumblr and I was like, no, 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 no. And it was just like, um, you might be asexual. And I was like, Hold up, what? That's a thing? There's an answer? Like, there was an actual... And so I was like, I must research this immediately. And then I was just like, wow, there there it is. Okay, so I have a question for you then. Uh Uh-huh. If you had your way, how would that play out for Jughead canonically on Riverdale? What do you mean? Like, how would Jughead... Because in the comics, obviously, Jughead is asexual. That's, Mm -hmm. like, an established thing. So, like, how would you like to see a storyline play out where Jughead discovers his own asexuality? What did you oh want? Boy. Would you want it to be, like, yours? Or would you want it to be, like, when he was in a relationship? I think I would have to put more thought into it. But, like, mm-hmm. just thinking about it right now, I think the way that I'd really like it to go is kind of just, like, if Betty or whoever it ends up being is just, like, why haven't we done this yet? Or, like, why? Or, like, do you want to? Or whatever. And mm-hmm. he would kind of just say you know what, not really. I don't know, it's just not really something I'm interested in, which is the way that I explain it. Yeah. Just not really something I'm interested in. And then, you know, that'd be close enough for me. And if if he wants to be in other relationships, then, like, that's cool because, like, you know, if that's how I identify, that's totally okay. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, But, and I don't care if he has sex after that because it's, like, you can be sex-positive, asexual, Asexuals have sex. Uh, 
you know, sometimes just for curiosity, sometimes through uh, just wanting to like after they trust their partner enough, they're able to do that for them. But it's not like something that like they're interested in or like feel yeah, the need to do need. or like it particularly. Yeah, like the way that I kind of try and explain it is like if people, you know, you're in a giant mall and there's mm-hmm. like, you know, some of these people you'd be like, yeah, I do that one and I do that one <laughs> and I do that one. I don't know how that feels like. I have no idea what that feels like. People people will use the word sexy and I don't, I know the definition of sexy, but I don't really know what it means. Interesting. So, you know, people in this mall going, I do that one, I do that one, I do that one. I walk into this mall and I go, all these people look nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that man's jacket. I like that man's jacket. And like, you know, I can appreciate people who are good looking, but I don't want to have sex with them. Yeah, it's more like um on an aesthetic level instead of an attraction level. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So if he had this storyline where I don't... This might be really weird and selfish of me, but I don't want him to have sex before he says, I'm not into that. I'm not really into it. Because you don't want that experience to be like, oh, I don't like this, like in the middle of it. Yeah. And also I don't want, because then that gives us and tells all of us who are watching, who are rooting for this, you didn't get what you wanted. But But it it also like treats whoever he's like, as a partner, kind of treats them like, oh, you weren't good enough sort of thing. Right. And it like, sends the wrong message. So if he went, I don't know, it's not really something I'm into, but I'm, you know, willing to give it a try even or like yeah. whatever. But I just, I don't, I also don't want him to like get in there and just like go nuts. And it's just like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And just like go, go nuts all over the place. Just like Archie and Veronica, because that's definitely not right. Yeah. I don't, Archie and Veronica's uh, sexcapades are a puzzle and a mystery to me and one that I don't feel will ever be solved. I feel like it's just like a normalization of what fictional teenagers do in their spare time. But like that's kind of how I like to explain it even is just like people will use the word sexy and I know what the definition is but I don't know what it means which is kind of because there's like no like the chemical thing doesn't happen for you where you're like oh yes. Yeah and it's not um like, you know, me saying that is kind of an oxymoron. I don't know if, the, no, not an oxymoron, but it doesn't make sense because knowing what it means and knowing the definition is usually like synonymous, but I'm not really sure how else to explain it. Well, because it's like, you know what it means. You've just personally never experienced it or felt it. Yeah. So it's just not something you do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that makes sense. I also think it's a really good point for when people say, oh, you choose, you choose your sexuality. You super don't. You super don't. You super don't. And, like, I don't think I even really understood that properly until I realized that this was something I I was born with. Yeah. Because, or born without. Because it's, like, I literally don't know. I just don't have it. And it's not something that's, like, I have it, but I have something different, which is harder to explain. Mm-hmm. But I just don't have it. I'm just without. And, honestly, I, I wouldn't have it any different. Oh, no, Exactly. Because, like, when people are like, oh, like, you know, you choose that, I'm like, I would not choose to live in a society where, like, the people that I date or who I am is something that people look down upon. Like, I don't, I don't want to choose this, but it happened and I would not have it any other way. Yeah. Um, Archie tells Veronica he loves her. Crickets. Crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Archibald. It's a little soon. Brittany, has anyone ever told you 
That they love you prematurely. Yes. Me too. <laughs> what did you do? You remember? <laughs> you remember that? You don't have to. You don't have to name names or anything. Just tell me what you did. Honestly, I just like reflexively like said it back. Oh, like, oh my god, <laughs> me too. Because <laughs> it's like you know you're a teenager. You don't know what you're doing. You're like, oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm feeling. No, I just uh, it's such an awkward position to be in. I understand Ronnie so much. Yeah. Oh, Archie's such a trash bag in here, too. Because you think, like, at first it's just like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, no. Uh, can we talk about it? Which is, like, good. Yeah. But then, later in the episode, he goes, Ronnie, I just want you to know that it's okay if you don't say it back. And I'm like, great. This is great. Good, yeah. Archie. Good boy. And she goes, thank you for understanding. And he's literally like, oh, well, now, well, you were supposed to say it. That was literally the definition of performative good guy I was like, you stupid idiot. You just, like, took back everything that you just said. He played her. He was playing her. <sighs> I just, like, I... Especially when you've had the kind of family struggles and environment that Ronnie's had. Yeah. I know that not everyone can relate to that. And maybe Archie can't, I guess. But I feel like he should be a little more understanding. Like, when she literally explains to him, like... I've had an upbringing where I don't truly understand what expressing that sort of thing entails. Mm -hmm. He still doesn't get it. <laughs> She's like, doesn't say anything. And so he's just like, gotta go. And just leaves. Bails. You know what? That's relatable though. Yeah. Next we see Veronica comes home and Keller is at the Pembroke. I laughed during this part because he like walks out and she goes, Sheriff Keller. And he goes, hi, Veronica. And I'm just like... <laughs> Remember when you saw me half naked last episode? Bye. <laughs> Just <laughs> Roddy probably thought he was there to like hook up with Mayor McCoy again. <laughs> She's just like, is Mayor McCoy here? Right? He's like, what? No. Huh? What? Uh, I'm, she'd be like, I'm so sorry. I'm just so used to seeing you two together. Yeah. I don't, you know, for no particular reason. You're just so attached to the hip, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, listen, we got a threatening letter. It was a whole thing. And um, she's like, yeah, yeah, but then, like, lots of people got letters, so it's whatever. It's and then chill. Hiram literally goes, well, you know what? We're okay, because Andre's a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, we'll hire a car service to, take to, like, drive you places. And I was like, what if the Black Hood is the driver in the car service? Oh, my God, Sherlock episode one. Exactly. Like, yeah. Did did it not occur to Hiram that even just because you're rich doesn't mean that you can hire people who won't murder you? True. Bro. They're like, you know what? We want to see a little bit more of Archie. Because we <laughs> want him to save you. I get that. And so it's like, he's your bodyguard now. Archie gets out of the shower. Couldn't they just put Ronnie in self-defense lessons? Right? She doesn't need the dude. She needs, like... Krav Maga. <laughs> Archie gets out of the shower and like sticks a Q-tip in his ear and just like goes crazy with it. I'm like, dude, you're going to rupture your eardrum. That's how I use Q-tips too. You, no, you can't do that. <laughs> That's bad. But it's so satisfying. <laughs> Ugh. It's so satisfying. You don't understand. Anyway, Veronica texts him and he goes over. She's like, my parents are in their room. I'm like, okay. She's yeah. like, you up? She's like, listen, I do want to go to the murder house. And he's like, dope, so do I. But also, can we talk? And she's like, can, can like, just us being together and, like, wanting to be together be enough? And I'm like, I think so. I think that's fair. 
I think that's totally fair, especially yeah. if she's not like freaking out. Like, really, she's not freaking out and being like, oh, my gosh, you love me. Oh, my God, it's too soon. What the what's wrong with you? Oh, we're breaking up now. No, she's just like very quietly trying to process it and doing it in a way that impacts him the least. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Archie <sighs> confides in his dad and is talking about it. Veronica is confiding in her parents, which I think is sweet. But I, it's, it's interesting to me that she won't even say the word. Like, she uses the L word. She's ter- she's terrified of that word. Yeah. The, my favorite moment is that Archie goes, that I told her I love her dad. And she didn't say it back. And she definitely heard me. As if Fred always is just like, well, did she hear you? Like, were you saying it quietly? Were you kind of just whispering it? And you're pulling this out of proportion a little bit? Yo, but, like, can we talk about how Fred's only plotline this season has been to get shot? Been to get shot and then, like, give okay advice. Like, what... What happened to... Like, obviously, I don't want this to happen, but what happened to, like, that storyline that they were setting up with him and the, like, drugs? Yeah, did... Like, maybe... Oh, you know what? Maybe that's the mid-season finale or something? Mm, I hope not. I want it to be something else. (laughs) Because Fred's kind of just disappeared from... Just like FP did for a while, just from like the show. Yeah. Which I don't quite understand because he's such a huge character. Yeah. I don't know. Um, She's talking about how she thinks it's too soon and Fred's like, you know what, you should probably just chill out about it. It doesn't really seem to be that big of a deal, so don't worry about it. Fred's such a good dad. He's so good. Honestly, like name a better dad, I'll wait. I cannot. Yeah, you can't. No, I can't think of another dad. They go to see Keller after... After Bughead is like, please be Bughead. And they're like, sure. So they go to see Keller. And this case happened 40 years ago. <laughs> he's like, it looks like the, mi- the files are missing. Were they stolen? And he's like, no. The dude just took them home. Totally legally. I mean, I love that every time one of these kids thinks they have a hunch on something, they just blurt it out. <laughs> Was it stolen, perhaps? No. Like, no. Chill out. I think we would have noticed if it was stolen. He talks about Howard. Howard is the person who was on the case. Um, the only Howard I could find on the list of Archie Comics characters was a guy named Dexter, who was originally supposed to be like a love interest for Betty, but then didn't last very long. Um, who obviously, that's not who it actually is. They probably just used the word Howard. Okay. Um, but it's always good to check because I didn't know the janitor was a <laughs> yeah. character. So He died two years ago, but his daughter's name is Margaret and we can talk to her. What I thought was interesting is that um, when I was watching today with Netflix subtitles on, instead of Margaret, it said Maggie. Uh, oh, like that's in, a sign um, of familiarity. In uh, parentheses, Sometimes. like while she yeah. was talking on the phone. And so I thought maybe Maggie is a person. So I looked that up and couldn't find that either. But like that makes me think that she's going to come back. Yeah, like, I think so. Why would they call her Maggie if he just said her name is Margaret? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. She talks about how they called it the devil's house, and she thinks her dad lost his mind there. Great line from Ronnie. She says, the devil's house, what if he's home? Great line. You know Ronnie couldn't resist that, yeah, too. Yeah, she probably was thinking she about was, that the whole time. She saw her opportunity, and she took it, and I respect her. Uh, they get to the house, and it's so weird that they have these flashbacks that like just reminds me of like Voldemort coming into the Potter's house at Godric's Hollow. But, like, it's not Voldemort, and it's not a guy in a hood or anything. It's just a dude in a suit with a gun. Yeah, they just, like, show his face. But, like, he does, 
look a little bit like what the black hood obviously it's not because we know that it's not but yeah you know maybe that's like kind of what he looks like i I just i when they started doing the flashbacks i assumed that we wouldn't see his face exactly yeah because that like i don't know it's like he looks just like what he would look like you know he's a he's a white male in his maybe 40s and you know just like he's supposed to be but also, it's strange to me that they called him the Riverdale Reaper when he only killed one family. Like, Reaper makes me think that he's, like, a serious killer. Serial killer. killer serial yeah. killer. Killing lots and lots and lots of people over a long time. Uh, but, yeah, what can you do? I mean, don't kill even one person. But Yeah, I mean, preferably. If you're going to give someone a nickname like that. Mm-hmm. The mom was in the living room. And she got killed first. And then they find this photo that already that still has blood on it. I'm like, how terrible was the was the police force? Like the police force isn't great now. It's clearly was worse. This was graphic though. When I was watching it, I was mm. and I think we're, you're you know, you're obviously supposed to be uncomfortable, but I was yeah. very uncomfortable watching it. And I'm not a prude when it comes to horror. Like my favorite movie is obviously Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was watching that and I was like Maybe it's just because of the world we live in, but I super didn't appreciate seeing a woman shot. Mm, true. Yeah. I didn't, I super didn't appreciate seeing those kids get shot exactly. either. Like, obviously they didn't, like, show that, but, like, you know. You're like, uh, but it, it, it sets up a great air of, like, brutality. Yeah. I was fully prepared for, like, somebody to come in and, like, kidnap those two. Yeah. I was like, why did you come at night? What are you thinking? Come in the, during the day. That's when people are the most vulnerable yeah uh kills the dad in the kitchen the kids were under the bed there's this blood stain under there it's like really gross um and then veronica notices the door notches and there are three sets there they find um the police officer's notes in this box and it turns out that they were a family of five rather than four do you think the or howard ever figured that one out well, I mean, that picture of all five of them was in his notes, so I'm almost certain. So he, but if he knew that, then why did he keep the other, like, the son a secret? Well, the only, the person who said that it was a family of four was Farmer McGinty. Mm-hmm. So maybe the public just thought it was a family of four because they ended up uh, uh, putting him basically into witness protection program and changing his name and everything. Yeah. So maybe the public thought it was a family of four, but okay. the police knew. So Joseph survived. He was adopted, I guess. And Jughead is like, cool, so he's the Black Hood? (laughs) Am I wrong? Can you tell the teenagers are investigating this? Right? (laughs) So they're going through the yearbooks. Um, They find him. And it turns out it's Mr. Svensson. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, I was wondering why they were bringing in Mr. Svensson real quick. But also, I love Mr. Svensson in the comics. So, like, can we keep him and can he be nice? I mean, he's probably going to get murdered by the Black Hood, right? Does he not seem like cannon fodder to you? Yeah, he is. But, like, and now I'm trying to think, like, what sin did he commit? Cheryl did call him a peeping Tom in this episode. Yeah, I mean, maybe Cheryl's claims aren't baseless or... Something. Uh, He runs away because he got scared because no one's ever like called him Joseph Conway in forever. But he talks about how he got his justice because he watched the guy leave his house. Uh, He was a con man, which I think is interesting that he used the word con man when his last name was Conway. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. 
It's like they could have chosen any last name, the writers, but they choose to have one that had the word Khan in, in it. Well, that and the the mother's name being, what was it, Mary Ann? Something like uh, that? Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, I think it was. Mary Ellen Conway. Boys, what does that sound like? <laughs> tell me, tell me. Does it sound like Kellyanne Conway? Mm-hmm. Do you think? I'm just checking. Yeah, Mary Ellen. Yeah. Mary Ellen. Okay. Yeah. If that wasn't purposeful, I'll eat my own hat. <laughs> but it turns out he was just a preacher passing through town. Not only do preachers get a bad rep because of other things, but also they murder people now. People contain dimensions? Is that a thing that I should keep in, or was that terrible? No. That was funny. No, It was okay? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, it. is that terrible? Anyway, he got a group of dudes, and like they found him and killed him. He doesn't even know how. But nothing happened to them. Because he literally goes... Hey, blood must have blood. Mood. You know? But uh, do you think that's going to be something that someone takes to heart later on? Hmm. Like Archie? Like Archibald? The impressionable puppy? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because the minute he hears anything fake deep, he is all over it. (laughs) Archie, juice drain, juice down. Okay, true, though. This is a The 100 reference. I don't know if people are watching and they're just like, what's The 100? So that, that was from The 100. Yeah. Veronica thinks he's The Hood, which is totally valid, but Archie knows. But you were talking about how Archie might have misremembered things. And like, this is a, it's a pretty big deal when he's taking his memory so seriously that he's just like, oh, but he doesn't look like him. Yeah, that's one thing where I was kind of surprised because when you're in a traumatic moment like that, I truly believe that Archie's memory is going to turn out to not be reliable. I think so, too. It's like, why are we relying on Archie? (laughs) And I mean, there's really no evidence against him, so it's not fair to accuse him of something like that. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of surprised that everyone was like, oh, yeah, okay, let's not even... Well, Ronnie was like, okay, let's let's trust Archie. Because I was like, of course Mm -hmm. you want to trust your boyfriend, but at the same time, just watched his father get shot. Super don't know if, you know, he's 100% reliable here. (laughs) Um, next, uh, they're gonna go to the party. Andre is waiting for her, but Hermione's just checking in on her, and she's like, I don't know why I can't say it, Mom. And this is the moment where Veronica realizes that her parents don't love each other. Yikes. Yikes. This explains a lot about Hermione. Oh my gosh, that moment where she said, the moment where she just goes, oh. It's just like, oh. Yep. Ouch. So, why do you think Hermione stayed then? I mean, I hate to say it, but like money, money, I would, I have low, <laughs> I have, I, I just, I have, um, a love for luxury. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, I get it. You know, there's a lot of protection there, but so like clearly, you know, if Hermione is staying for money, it's like Hiram goes to prison and now it's just like, I'm free. That's true. She lived very truthfully. Like, yeah. as herself, when he was in prison. It's like him being around is, like, a part of... It's like she was in jail, too. Yeah. Pew. Yeah. Good one. Fred is like, are you going to pick up Veronica? And he's like, no, we're going to meet there, whatever. And Fred has great advice, just says, just give her some space, you know, just be just be cool about it. Fred gives excellent advice, and I think everyone in Riverdale, including Alice, because I'm still mad at her about that town hall meeting, should listen mm-hmm. to him more. Shout out to Archie for not wearing his Riverdale high football jacket at the bar this time. (laughs) The bar for Archie is so low. (laughs) 
Just don't wear a stupid <laughs> your stupid jacket. It's easy. <sighs> I think like I honestly think he owns like three shirts though. He owns three <laughs> shirts, one jacket, and one pair of jeans. Fred's the only person who can get him to change. I mean, but it's like the same for FP. FP owns one flannel. Oh my god, Fred's like about to die, and Archie's just like, who will pick out my outfits? Uh <laughs> Veronica wants to put me in polo shirt. Help me. So Archie goes up to Veronica and is just like, hey, it's okay if you don't, like, want to say I love you yet. That's okay. You know, it's not a big deal. And she goes, oh, cool. You're the best. I'm so glad this worked out. <laughs> and then he was just like, um, what? <laughs> I was nice and you still don't love me? What's up with that? Huh? So he's like, anyway, I signed us up for karaoke. With the weirdest karaoke song of all time. He goes... I picked that song that you love, or at least maybe you strongly like it. I don't know. Are you capable of that? From Donnie Darko. Okay. It's like, frick you. But listen, the fact that he knows that he loves it because it's from Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's why I love that song. <laughs> that's my exact um, reason. There's nothing deeper than that. They get up and they sing the song. Well, they sing half of the song. And then Veronica has to leave because she has feelings. That song just meant too much to her, you know? It just spoke to her on a deep level. <laughs> Can they sing Wonderwall next, please? That please. Would be great. I love Wonderwall. Like, we um, both have garbage music taste when it comes to these two songs. <laughs> but we know it. Uh, okay, lastly in this storyline, um, Archie is, like, running after her, trying to take back what he said, which I'm like, you already... You, you did too much damage already, buddy. Too late, bros of too late and veronica's just like it's too i'm late sorry to apologize i can't go there with you it's just not something that can happen so i'm gonna cry in the car now and you mm. stay here i just when you're that broken inside you want someone that loves you to understand that you're gonna mm -hmm. struggle with this yeah i just i wish archie would understand and then we can talk about i want to talk about archie and betty but we'll talk about that after we finish talking about with Betty, I think. Also, I just want to give a brief shout out to Veronica for wearing far more appropriate clothing at the uh, party than Betty did. Thank you. Yeah. Good Betty day. wearing pastels. What are you thinking? <sighs> She's like, it's okay because no, because people will see my underwear. Like, no, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. no. Okay, listen, I'm more Betty than Veronica, but in this episode, I think I have definitely switched because not like just like all together but this is not a robin thing to do <laughs> what are you doing it was a very betty thing to do though true dark betty always dark comes betty. out i saw this theory where someone's just like what if alice had a kid with fp and it's jughead okay i and actually like, said that to sam yesterday but also it's like is that why they haven't let betty and jughead sleep together yet oh please that would, oh my god. Okay, here's the thing. I actually really enjoyed Bughead for a really long time. Yes. And then they started throwing all this relationship drama in. Yeah. And then they kind of have made Betty's character very difficult to relate to. Mm -hmm. um, I still, like, really like Betty, and I can see, like, you know, they're trying to add a little bit more complexity to her character. Yeah. But I, I at some point, something switched, and I don't really like them together now. Me neither. And I, I couldn't tell you why. I... I totally agree. But, like, do you, do, do you think, do you know why you don't like them together anymore? I'm trying to, I think it's because Betty is trying to be someone she's not. Mm-hmm. 
And like, I think that Jughead is trying to be someone that he is. And Betty's just trying to change herself so that she fits in with this new uh, person that he's becoming. You know, people change. Yeah. And sometimes relationships fall apart. Like, just because he's your soulmate in high school doesn't mean that he's your soulmate forever. Because people change. You know, you're not the same person that you are in high school forever. No. And I think, like, at the same time, it must be hard to be in a relationship with Jughead because he doesn't say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't tell her anything. Well, they just, they have really bad communication as a couple, you know? Yeah. They don't share secrets. Like, they don't share things with each other. And I think if they had better communication, I would be more on board, like, repairing that relationship. But also, I mean, as far as we know, this is both of their first relationships. And, like, almost certainly first relationships don't work out. Because you have to learn something from those first relationships so that you can move on to your second and your third ones, you know, so that you can be like, I've learned something and now I know what not to do or what to do. Like not everyone just clicks right away. Some people are lucky enough to, but that doesn't happen right away for a lot of people. So like, I don't, I don't think that it's realistic for Bughead to be together to be endgame, to be honest. No, and I think if they're going to, you know, set that up long term, they definitely have to break up for a while. Yeah. Just, you know, in terms of, like, watching a TV show drama. But also, I'm sitting here being like, can Alice and FP get married and then those two will be step-siblings and, like, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. I, I will sacrifice Bughead for that. Even me though, too. Even though there's a part of me that, that makes me really sad. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's like their parents get married and then they're just like, well, now we have no chance. <laughs> That's like the plot of uh, so many Bellark fics. Oh my gosh. That are in the cabbie tag because like he, like Kane basically adopted the Blakes, right? Yes, yes. So it's like in a lot of like cabbie fics, like that's just, like, an understood thing that Clark and Bellamy are siblings. But in mm-hmm. Bellark fix, like, it's this huge obstacle to overcome. Right. They're at Pops. Jug has been researching, talking about the Conways and how they had two kids. Tommy was 10. Sue was 9. So it could have been the same dude, but he would have been in his 60s now. So that's probably not it. Is it Bughead and Snake Parents time? Yes! Ah! Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. We already talked a little bit about this. Um, but basically, Betty is like... Oh my gosh, that's the house that I went to. Uh, But I can't talk to Keller about it because it's kind of embarrassing. (laughs) And also I can't go to the house because I have problems. And Jughead gets an unknown call and it's like, it's the Black Hood. Except he doesn't have Lollipop playing, so we know it's not. Mm, Good point. But it's just like the jail. And FP is getting out. And um, it's very exciting. So please, detective, for us, Varchi, because we are busy. Did you just say Varchi? Yes. God, it sounds so bad to my ears. <laughs> so Betty's like, Mom, can I borrow the car? Um, because FP is getting out of jail and uh, we're going to go take him to Pops. It's going to be nice. And Alice is just like, what's that? Oh. <laughs> my oh. high school fling is getting out of jail. What's I must also join you. What's happening here? This episode okay, so, changed my life, Brittany. But like real talk, what do you think her motivation was behind going with them? To see him? <sighs> okay. Because there is a questionable motivation here of like, why would Alice suddenly do this? Okay. Here's my thought. Mm-hmm. I am so 
salty that FP did not get to see Serpent Alice at the Sodale party. Yep, 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 and yep, so yep, yep, yep. I think that that party and that like like the whole Serpent Alice coming out of the woodwork sort of thing was like mm-hmm. kind of a page turn for her maybe. And so okay. now this is like kind of like I think she's who's Hal, you know? <laughs> So, like, I wonder if this is kind of a just, like, here's my first impression, I guess. And it was a weird one, but that's okay. Kind of like an Alice reboot? I have a theory about this. I have a theory. Okay. About um, her weird first line, but we're not there yet. Okay. Uh, so that's my that's my guess as to okay. why she decided to go. Also, Mom, Jughead's a serpent, just so you know. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and? Imagine Alice from last season, though. Yeah. She'd be like, what? I think she's just, like, figured out, like, there's no controlling anything Betty does. So the most she can do is try and keep an eye on her. Yeah. Um, Jughead goes and announces it to all the serpents. Everyone's so excited. Except for Tallboy. Who's mad? Tallboy's power is being threatened. I don't think he likes that very much. Tallboy feels like a small boy. That was the worst (laughs) joke we have ever... I... I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I'm sorry. I am done with you personally, professionally. <laughs> Congratulations on that joke. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm really sorry about it. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Um, uh, Jughead is like, I think it's funny that Tallboy comes up and is just like, you've been here for five minutes and it's real. <laughs> It's true. He's a teenager who's been in the gang for, like, literally five minutes. He's been, like, basically the leader for some reason, and he's messed up already. Yeah, because, you know what? That's what happens when you put teenagers in charge. He's like, let's do a vote then, because we are for democracy. And so Tony is just like, all right, here we go. I just want to shout out to my friends, Tony and Sweet Pea, who are so supportive Mm -hmm. and are good friends. And I love them. Sweet Pea did sweep, was so did great in this episode. He did hardly anything, but every time I saw him, I'd be like, you're doing a good job. <laughs> I love Sweet Pea. He's like, I am lifting up my hand because I support you. He goes to the party. He cheers when he's supposed to. He lets out a tiny boo when he's supposed to. He's doing what he's supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his job. job. Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea's having character development. I love him. <laughs> I do. I really do. If we don't find out by the end of the season why his nickname is Sweet Pea, because, like, I know that it's probably because he has a cherub face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk to I me, wanna talk know to me about how, like, this nickname thing. Go ahead. Okay, well, just from what I've observed, all the nicknames that people get in the snakes seem to be, like, or in the serpents seem to be, I literally, you know why I just said snakes? Why? Because the, I, this happens to me a lot. There's a gang in Bob's Burgers called the One-Eyed Snakes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I always get them mixed up with the South Side Serpents. <laughs> Why is everyone named after reptiles? Dinosaurs are cool, too. True. I, my gang would absolutely be the T-Rexes. The Velociraptors. Oh, yes! The Velociraptors! Okay, okay, okay. Okay, anyway. Um, it's obviously based off of, like, appearances, right? Like, Tallboy, he's tall. And Sweet Thank Pea, you. he looks like a baby. So. Sweet Pea is sweet. Sweet Pea is he's sweet, and he's got a little cherub face. Shout out to, um... Uh, Hog Eye, Harsh. who is a person that uh, Alice talks to, 
Imagine that so. being your nickname. <laughs> like, oh, what's your no, name? Thank you. Hog Eye. Yeah. That's cool, I guess. Anyway, uh, Tall Boy gets uh, beaten out. So, sorry, buddy. Sucks to be you. you. Don't win. Defeated by a teenager. All right, here we go. FP is out of jail, and I'm ready to begin the flailing. Okay, this is literally all Robin wants to talk about. This is what she's been waiting for. Her whole life has led up to this conversation. I have been talking about this for a full 24 hours, and I will not stop. If you guys want to see my FP and Alice snake parents um, uh, playlist that I made on Spotify, you can definitely check that out. I'll put it the link in the show notes. Local woman has entire breakdown. Entire breakdown. I'm Literally. freaking out. Okay. I have so many headcanons that I've been talking to Sam and our friend Kelly about. Okay, so why don't you it's tell incredible. us why you're so obsessed? What about this, like, hit you in the I like this spot? Okay. I think it's the subtext and the the um, the um potential that has already happened. Mm-hmm. The history that is clearly there. Okay. It's like, it's why everybody loves fic about the Marauders. Yeah, because the history. The history. Yeah. And it's like something can happen and then you can go, oh, that's why that happened before. Mm -hmm. The part that really gets me is like thinking about what they could have, like, would have been in the past. Mm -hmm. Thinking about where they could be now, but Mm -hmm. where they are now is what's sad. Okay. The angst here is so palpable. The angst is high. The angst is so Hi, and we've even gotten to the part, like, the moment that changed my life. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I have a theory about this scene, though. So, FP comes out, and suddenly Alice is there, too. And it's like, oh, hello, Alice. Like, you can go back. I watched this, like, five times, I'm not kidding. Where he was just like, oh, Alice is also here. Alice? Is what he said. Alice? He's like, oh, I'm not interested in this development at all. And then she asks... The strangest, like, I want to know what was going through the writer's heads. Like, I'm just trying to make sense of this with my theory, but I don't think it will ever be answered because this is just, like, a thing she said. <laughs> like, if you imagine, how you look at that line and you're like, okay. Well, the thing is that, like, she's got to sell it. That's her job. Yeah. I feel like everyone else in the in the scene is just like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, that's what Cole and Lily get to do. They get to go, yeah. What? Their reaction was my reaction. Yes. But she says, so is it true what they say about, like, men in prison or whatever? And he says, what do they say? And she says, is it true that they're just, like, super sexually frustrated or whatever? And they're like, what? But, like, here's my theory. Is that, like, that used to be a thing that they maybe said once? Like, one of their friends went to prison or, like, one of their colleagues or one of the other serpents or whatever. And then when they were about to get out, then... They had made this joke. And I this think is like Alice used to say it. Bringing it back. Or, or um, FP said it to Alice because Alice like went to prison once. That's my theory. The only thing that messes up this theory is that like she says, you know what they, well, like what do they say about men in prison? And he says, I don't know. What do they say? Like, did he forget? And then she said it. And then like, oh my God, look at the gifts on Tumblr. Watch his face. He's After so delighted that, by it. He's so delighted he's so, by it. He thinks it's so funny. I think like, he's he's just I'm like knowing Alice for that long, it must be kind of delightful to see like her surprise you from time to time. You know what I mean? Is this like her saying that was that was was that her subtextually saying 
this this is still a thing that could happen. I mean, I because that's what his face tells me. I kind of think perhaps. Okay. Um, just because it, what else could it mean? Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. what else could that possibly imply? Yeah. I think that one of my favorite moments in, like, at the very end of this really quick scene is that she says this thing and then everyone gets in the car and she goes, okay, seatbelts. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And you're like, yep, okay, well, there she is. So they all go to Pops and she's like, Black Hood's going after Sinners, FP, look out. And he goes, listen, I'm not going back to the Serpents and I'm not drinking anymore. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to start working. I'm going to be responsible. I think it's nice that Pop is willing to hire FP straight out of jail. I think that's like a great indication that Pop is a pure soul that Riverdale doesn't deserve. But also, I think it's funny that Pop is just like, please help me. He needs help. I'm awake at all hours. The diner is open 24 hours a day and Hermione quit. And Pop is always there. And no one else is ever working there. It's always just Pop. Pop is like, only supernatural beings are allowed to work here with me. Okay, but that's true because, like, who's making the milkshakes? Who's cooking? Who's serving? Pop seems to do all of it. Other than Pop, like, who's taking the calls, taking the orders, making all the things for the orders? Delivery? Do they do delivery? (laughs) I mean, probably. These are things that I want to know. I bet they do catering, too. Yeah, because Betty's literally like, Pop. Thanks. Yeah. I'll come pick it up. Can I borrow the station wagon? <laughs> Alice is like, I'm coming too. I'm coming too. I want to make inappropriate comments at Pop as well. <laughs> the prison was called Shankshaw, which I'm sure is just like a Shawshank thing. That I laughed out loud at that. <laughs> Shankshaw. Someone on Tumblr po- like pointed this out that like Alice asking FP all these questions is like her being like, she's testing him. Yep. She's saying... These are the things that messed up messed us up last time. So, like, are you prepared to to do it differently this time? Yeah. And then he does this thing where he does, like, a little pinky up, like, coffee cup thing. And it's like, you guys. You little, you, you tiny you children, sneaks. you. They have, the, they have their own little shorthand. Yeah. Which speaks to, like, an intimacy that we don't know about yet. I know! So the boys are driving their motorcycles and wow, just like Jughead's hair in this scene. You Jughead's hair. Me? God, British Columbia is so beautiful. <laughs> but like, did you see it? I mean, I honestly, Robin, I'm 100% serious. I was looking at the trees. Okay. Well, I mean, go back because it was pretty amazing. Okay. Like, you're like, how did it, how does it stay like that? <laughs> <laughs> um. But he's like, listen, if you talk to Penny and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, I did a job. It was a one-time thing. It's not a big deal. And, okay, are you ready for some big head cannons? I'm freaking so ready. Tell me. I want to give a shout out to Sam, who also came in with this. And, like, we made this kind of one together. Oh, Sam Casey's on Twitter? Yes, of course. Yeah, I date her. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, yeah, she's been on the pod in episode one, if you recall. So, FP says... I joined the Serpents when I was 16, and then I joined the Army, and then I came back and joined the Serpents again. So, boy. Okay, so my first thing was, like, he says he joined the Army. What if he comes back from the Army and Alice has married Hal? Yeah. And then Sam was just, like, what if he goes to the Army 
And then he goes MIA so that Alice thinks he died. And then she marries Hal. <gasps> bro, that hurts, bro. Bro, bro that's I know. hurtful, bro. Sam said, what if she found out she was pregnant with Chick? I, I'm, I'm assuming it's Chick and not Sheik. Anyway, Chick is going to show up at some point because Lily keeps taking pictures with the guy who plays it. I thought his name was Chip. It's Chick. My bad. C-H-I-C. Chip is a better name. (laughs) That's a freaking choice. Right after he left for the army. If she found out she was pregnant right after. And it was FP's kid. And then I said, what if she told Hal it was his kid then after that? Yeah. And then they had to get rid of him. Okay. And then you said something else that Sam had sent you. Oh, I love that you think that I remember this. Oh, no. My, uh, frick, what was it? Okay, well, Sam and I definitely think that they have a child together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And well, there Alice- was a huge thing that it was Joaquin, but I don't think that works with the timeline that I'm making up. <laughs> no, I don't think it... <laughs> I just don't think it works in general. Um, but that um, Alice made the choice to be with Hal because he seemed like like a better father figure. Yeah. And, like, that's the child that he eventually made her give away. Right. That's Sam's theory, and I actually can see that happening in this show. I'm trying to remember what the timeline was in my head. Is that okay? So they were together in high school, and then mm-hmm. clearly she went to homecoming with Hal, and they were fighting. Yes. And FP knew that because they talked about it in season one, and yeah. he was going to like talk about what they were fighting about, which I assume was like we don't actually know for sure, but we all assumed it was about the kid. But I like this army thing better, so maybe not. <laughs> okay. But, and then, okay, Alice got with, decided to get with Hal, and that's what, that made mm-hmm. FP go to the army. That would make sense. And then, the MIA thing. And it, we're just, we just got a whole different thing. I don't know if all of these come together into one, or if all of them are separate, but yeah. Everyone go ahead, check out my Tumblr. I got lots of reblogs on there for you. <laughs> she, yeah, she's got, a, she's got a lot of thoughts on this. I have many, many thoughts. Um, Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to go to college and I want you to keep writing. And he's like, I am. I am writing. I'm writing every day. You can hear it because I do voiceovers at the beginning of end of every episode. Yeah. Are you not paying attention? He's at Pops and he's got his uniform on. And I love his name tag says FP because that's just, you know, don't worry about it. What he prefers to be called. Um, and then after all these things with Cheryl happen, uh, Jug is talking about how he was a king and he deserves to be honored. And so they're going to throw a party. And Betty is always, like, people are always touching Jughead's face. Very I, confusing. I do not allow people to touch my face. I hope all okay. of them wash their hands before they touch his face. I hate you. Why? Because that is something I never would have thought of. And now I'm never going to be able to not think of it. What? I'm going to notice that people always touch his face. People are always touching his face, even in this episode. Betty does it. Betty always touches his face, and even FP was touching his face a bunch. That's so weird. Somebody stop touching this. Maybe man's Cole face. Sprouse just has like really soft skin. Maybe. <laughs> you know? But like if they keep touching his face, it's not gonna stay soft. It's true, it's gonna get oily, and then what's gonna happen? I feel like people, you know, the people who do his makeup are probably just like, okay, everyone put on hand sanitizer before you touch Cole's face because we cannot afford to 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 do this, please do not. Y'all gotta stop pulling all of the makeup yeah. off his face. Betty goes to the white worm, is talking about how they have a stage, like, can we get a karaoke machine? And Tony's like, sure, or whatever, I don't care. Okay, it's weird to me that Tony is a bartender considering she's a high school student. Listen, 
here's the thing with enjoying Riverdale. You just got to suspend disbelief that teenagers can do whatever they want in this show. Betty is like, can I like half join the serpents, please? And then we have this new character, I guess, whose name is Birdie, who I don't really like because she is gross about things. Yeah, she's um not the most polished. She's like, do the serpent dance or whatever. And it okay. No. Here is my thoughts on this. It really feels like the writers were like, ooh, we want Betty to do a sexy dance, but that's kind of not feminist, so let's make sure that Tony points out that it's not feminist, but we're still going to make it happen. That's what Riverdale does. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we are aware of this trope, so we can get away with it. And it's like, no, you can't. No, I don't They do it. this every single time. They do every single time. Yeah. They want to do something problematic. They have it point out that it's problematic so that they can get away with it. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Still not good. It's not good, Bob. So FP is like, nah, I don't really want a party. It's really not a big deal. And Jughead's like, oh, come on. It's going to be like three hours. It's going to be totally chill. He's like, fine. Three hours is a long time to go to a party. It is a long time. I got stuff to do. I got naps to take. (laughs) Um, He's like, oh, Archie's calling me. Not Archie. It's Penny and she's threatening everybody. And he's like, whatever. I'm going to tell on you. And she said, with what proof, my friend? Yeah, this is uh, not going well. He's like, listen, if you're mean to us, all the serpents are going to be mean to you. And she's like, oh, yeah? Little do you know, I probably have dirt on all of them. I mean, probably. Probably got most of them out of jail. So she's like, I think they owe me, actually. Yeah. So maybe not. And then he's just like, whatever. And she's like, what about your girlfriend? We're idiots. Betty's talking on the phone with Pops, and she's talking to her mom about the party. And then Alice goes to Pops, and this scene is like 30 seconds long, but it changed my life. Because Tell that, about this scene, Robin. that pause had so much inside of it that I just uh-huh. want to cry. Okay. So she goes in, and she's saying, if my daughter becomes a serpent, like, you're heckin' in trouble. Mm-hmm. And she says things like, We don't want them to make the same mistakes we did. And he says, they weren't all mistakes. What mistakes? What mistakes? I swear to God they have a child together. (gasps) I swear to God. God! I I will die on this hill. What is this? They weren't all mistakes. Oh, what a trope that I love. Thank you. And then he says, well, maybe you should come to the party. And she said, well, Hal would never go. And he says, then leave him. Ten full seconds (laughs) of so much of just like, can you guys just stare? Like, can someone do a super cut of him saying, leave him? And then just like the the two shots of them going back and forth for like a full two minutes. And then him saying, at home. (laughs) Okay, but like fully, that's a conversation they've had before, yes? Yes. Like he's absolutely asked her to leave hell before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Leave him at home. This is fine. I urge every single person to watch that five more times and then tell me that they don't think that something happened there. I think they have absolutely fantastic chemistry. I'm obsessed with them. Their their chemistry, I I think, you know, like, we've only seen a couple scenes with them, but especially, um, remember at the end of last season when he revealed that she was a serpent? Yes. And we were like, oh... I think they have some of the strongest chemistry in the show just based off of, like, these very small scenes. See, I remember these moments in season one and I'm just like, thank you, world. Like, when when she invited them for dinner 
Yep. And like And then attacked them mercilessly because she has no tact. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then when he came over and he said, You're still hot, Alice. And you think about that and you think, Oh my gosh. Nah. They've been laying the like it seems so sudden, but it's actually not. They've been laying the groundwork for it for a while. And like him talking about how Hal and Alice won homecoming king and queen. I want it to hurt. I want it to hurt more because I want this. And, like, I was telling you before, I have this feeling that, like, the first episode we ever saw FP was, I believe it was episode four. It was the drive-in episode. Mm -hmm. And Alice shows up at the drive-in at some point and it's just like, Fred, we have to go. I'm pretty sure it's because it's like, Fred, your son is dating a, a an adult. Let's go. But, like, I have this, like, vision in my head of, like, her walking into the drive-in and, like, looking around trying to find Fred and then her, like, look kind of stops over at the serpents, you know? And it's just, like, I there it is. I feel like you and Madchen probably have the same headcanons because yeah. she loves, like, this same thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I don't think you're wrong. And they kind of just like share a moment and everything. And it's like, that's the first time they've seen each other in a really long time. Yeah. (sighs) I have a lot of feelings. Okay. I got to move on or else I'll cry. So um, now they're just like, oh, we're actually having a party. Um, You guys can come if you want. And Jughead's like, or don't. You know, it's not. It's up to you. And Betty's like, no, you totally should. So why do you think Jughead didn't want them where he like, those are his new friends and he doesn't want to mix them well i mean first of all like i would love to have seen archie and sweet pea have a little conversation but oh my goodness yes but also i also think it's kind of just like at this point betty and his dad have all both come into this this uh sort of realm because of him and like he says at Mm -hmm. the end it's like it's hard to protect them so i wonder if maybe it's kind of just like no you don't have to come because it's like here on the north side you're safe Mm-hmm. So stay here, but. And also, like, I think there's, like, a little bit of, oh, you guys are uncool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like, I, I I think there's, like, definitely an element of, yeah, but you guys are huge nerds, and, like, I roll with cool people now, so. You know what I just remembered? That you have a brain. This isn't even relevant to what we're talking about right now, but do you remember very first episode, Betty and Veronica kissing right in front of Cheryl? I super, oh, oh my god, do you think I could forget that? <laughs> and then she was just like, faux lesbian kissing is so 1995, or whatever she said. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, like, Cheryl was like, yes! I mean, probably, oh, Cheryl was like, oh my god, other people are gay, I can be yeah. bi too. <laughs> Betty is, like, practicing in the mirror, and, and, like, pulls her hair down, and I'm like, ah, blah, blah, stop it. Okay, so what part of, so Betty, like, owns other, like, outfits. This is not her only outfit. All of her outfits just look the same. But, like, she owns that, like, weird BDSM look that she did with Chuck. True. So why did she pick the Peter Pan collar with the bejeweled look? Where is she getting all this lingerie? Alice's closet! Stop. I was gonna say that, and then I was like, no, that'll make Robin uncomfortable. Nope. <laughs> just kidding. Robin's the one who said it. <laughs> it is real. Um, once they're at the party, Jughead shows up and goes over to Archie and goes, I did a sweep of the perimeter. And I'm like, what are you looking for, friend? Yeah, like, what do you, what do you, what do you do about it? Just making sure, like, Penny didn't show up or what? I mean, Penny would though. Like, I don't even know, like, what, what were you sweeping the perimeter for? Um, cops, probably. I guess. Then we like kind of move over and we see who's dancing on the pole. And instead of like a brown, a brown-haired dancer, like before, it's a blonde dancer. So it's like, is this foreshadowing? Yes, it is. 
Yes. He goes up to Tony. Tony's like, are you nervous? Serpent Alice shows up again. I was robbed. I am a a gay woman. We were all robbed, Brittany. Okay. Tell me why. I wanted this moment. Hello. It's so obvious where it's like a slow motion. Like she walks in and a slow motion. Someone goes, look, FP. And he turns around. You know, he didn't get to see her at the party. That's true. This was supposed to be the moment. And then, like, ah, we were robbed. T. Robin, how do you really feel, though? I feel robbed. I feel like, I mean, because all we saw was, like, him going up on stage and, like, seeing her over there and talking about whatever. And I'm just like, hello, do you have nothing to say about this wonderful look? I mean, probably because he's seen it before. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, like, it should be a surprise that it's, like, a thing again. Yeah. Hello. be like, oh, hang on. She's back now. Alice and Betty show up and Tony's just like, nice. I'm like, Tony, an icon. Tony, a bisexual icon who understands. Alice is just like, Betty isn't dressed appropriately. And I'm like, glad someone said it. Kate, how much do you love? I I don't entirely understand this like personality shift in Alice, but I'm not going to say I don't love it. Right. Because all of a sudden she's like, yeah, my daughter's a square. And I'm like, do you, do you know who your character is? <laughs> like, do you know that you are also a huge square? Like, I feel like in the same way that Hermione is boxed in by her husband, Alice is boxed in by hers. I think and so. That's when she possible. finally gets to go to the South Side, she's just like, "Yes, my life is back." She's like, "Oh, I can finally live my truth again." Shoutouts to Hog Eye, who knows her order already. That was adorable. And she's like, "Betty, do you want? Do you want something or? You want Shirley Temple? You want Shirley Temple?" So it's like embarrassing. Little- <laughs> but I, I, I really like that. Um. That little bit of Northside Alice comes out. Yeah, still like, still your mom. She's like, I'll bring you to, like, a gang's bar, but you're not drinking. <laughs> okay. I don't understand Alice's parenting, but I don't hate it. Betty says to Jughead, I have a surprise for you later. So, like, what, she was going to do it just in front of him or what? And um, then, and then. No, and I then think it's w- that she was going to do it, like, after the karaoke and then she just improvised. So Betty goes up. Well, first of all, they all leave and everyone goes, ah, boo, boo. My favorite is Sweet Pea. All of the like Sweet Pea um, close-ups today have all just been like prime. Just, just great stuff. It's just Sweet Pea doing some acting. But also very relatable. And he literally just goes, boo. <laughs> My impression. Boo. Yeah, he gives like a half-hearted boo that he also like means but doesn't want to put effort into. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel that same way about that performance, Sweet Pea. Boo. Boo. So then Betty goes up and takes over. Hey, have a strip show. My favorite. Okay, listen, I don't like this, but the best part about this is that. Okay, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain what, what this. What just happened? I don't really know how to explain this because I don't want to say that my favorite part is that she's staring right at Jughead because it's not, but it's that she stares at him at this one moment, even though she's staring at him the whole time. Does that make sense? Sure. So she's the one who gets to sing the happy birthday part. Okay. And the last time that she sang to him was happy birthday. Oh, yeah. So I liked that she was looking at him for that part, but also she was looking at him for the whole time. But also, her mom was there. Yeah, her mom was, like, not, like, watching, but, like, she was there. Like, she like it looks like she probably, like, went to the bathroom and came back and was like, wait! What? Like, her mom was, like, right there. 
I'm so uncomfortable. My next note is Alice was mortified, which yes. Yeah. So after the show, FP is like clapping and being like, okay, good job, I guess. But also Alice was going to kill me. Oh yeah, FP saw his light flash before his eyes. He gives her his serpent jacket, which is like a gentlemanly thing to do because obviously she's cold and she's not wearing enough clothes, but also Mm -hmm. is like symbolizing. Yes. I couldn't think of the word, but then I got it. He's saying that the serpents always stuck by him, even when other people mm-hmm. turn their backs. And that's when, like, mm-hmm. it racks to Alice and Betty. Right. And it's like... Am I right? Oh, my God. The, yes. And I think the thing that's, like, really interesting here is that Alice doesn't actually do a whole lot. hmm Like, I feel like Alice is kind of given up, like, and knows, like, Betty's gonna explore her serpent side no matter what Alice does. Yeah. I don't think she can stop it at this point. He invited her to this party and she came because she wanted to go. Yeah. This is nice. She wanted to let loose and like be her old self for five seconds. Yeah. And then Betty ruined it. And so FP decides that he's going to stay with the serpents. Alice is like, I have to go. And Betty's like, well, I'm staying. And she's like, well, I can't stay. What do you think? Like, it's not that she's saying I don't want to stay. She's saying that I can't. Yeah. Hmm. FP has decided to take over Jughead's debt and that's why he's staying. And he says, you broke my heart and like kisses his forehead, which is a reference to the Godfather 2. Oh. Okay. Well, the thing that I really wanted to point out about the fact that he said that is that when he was doing that job for Penny last Mm -hmm. episode, I believe afterward, Mm -hmm. she says, what would that do to your dad's heart? Break it. Right. So like, this is literally exactly what he said. Yeah, she saw this coming. Then they're all going to do shots and they say hail to the king, which is kind of weird, but okay. I mean, he is the king. So in our last scene, Betty is like, what's wrong, Jughead? Gee, Betty, I wonder. What's wrong? What could be wrong with Jughead right now? He's like, literally everything. Um, what are you even doing? You stripped in front of both of our parents. I'm bringing everybody down with me. Everything is garbage. I can't protect you. And she's like, well, it's not your decision. And he's like, Literally, yeah, it is. It has to be a consensual relationship or it's not a relationship. But at the same time, like, I I don't like the whole thing where these girls have to be protected. Mm. I think they've both proven that it, if they don't, if they can't protect themselves, they have the capability to learn. Yes. So I'm super not into the implications that keep happening where, like, the women are objects for the serpents or they need to be protected from the serpents. I just... I don't quite get what message you're trying to mm-hmm. send here. She says, how many times are you are we going to push each other away? And he says, until it sticks, which is like, oh, ouch. But okay. Wow, that's FP and Alice AF, eh? <sighs> this is my new favorite hobby. Aww. How do you feel about that? Sad. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay, Robin. So Jughead's saying that he ruined his dad's chances to like, get right and be a good person again and so he's like go home betty and then the voiceover takes over and he says we were all playing a game of snakes and ladders and uh we all unacceptable went down some snakes unacceptable (laughs) so that's what happened except he says it much more eloquently and that's what you missed on glee glee um then we see mr svenson and he has this photo of like five dudes and i don't i don't know what this means does that have something Um, to do with his family because it didn't look like it those were like grown people so i have no idea what that is maybe they're his adoptive siblings dummy 
Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. we see that Archie and Betty is apparently happening or something, but, like, he's seen her for the first time, which is weird to me because he didn't see her dance. So, like, what changed? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> That's it. I got nothing. What do you think about Archie and Betty? Um, I think it's inevitable considering it's an Archie yeah. comics TV show. And at this point, I'm so uninterested in, in what both of their plot lines are doing. I'm I'm fine with them being shifted to the same plot line. To be honest, like, I care more about Jughead and more about Veronica. So, like, whatever those two are yeah. doing, whatever. Yeah, I feel like just at this point in time, and they really fluctuate because Archie's had some good plot lines, if, you know, hilarious so far. But Betty, I've had a really hard time with Betty lately. Mm-hmm. Just because she seems to recklessly accuse everyone of everything. Yeah. And that's really starting to bug me. So mm-hmm. at this point in time, yeah, not a lot of interest in those two. Um, but I do like when they have plot lines together. And I do know that the cast has talked about how they ultimately want Archie and Betty to be together. Yeah. Because it's I mean, that's, a, that's the classic Archie comics pairing, right? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Like, you know. Team let Jughead be single for a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for our segments. Yay! Uh, my first segment is called A Sexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, sure, that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything to disprove it this episode. Yeah. Also, don't include this, but he super didn't seem overly interested in Betty's striptease, so. Haha, <laughs> it's true. Why can't I include that? Because I think it sounds bad. Why? I don't know. I just do. What you think Cole should have been and he just did a bad job? Or yes! What? Oh! <laughs> I like to think that that's like a thing that they meant to do. I don't know. I think it was just like Cole being like, I don't know, my girlfriend's stripping in real life. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, man. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I forget that they're dating in real life and then I'm like, oh, it's right. weird. That's why their chemistry is I'm mad. <laughs> it's like Lily Reinhardt, like watched him on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So she's, like, living the dream of everyone. Who do you wish you... Oh, yeah, I guess you would want to date Cole, right? No, but I'm just saying, like, she watched him, like, on Disney Channel. Yeah, but, And now it's, like, now she's... Now now they're a thing. Who did you grow up watching that you wish you could date? (sighs) Define grow up. Like, do you mean, like... Like I'm gonna say teen years. Teen years. Yeah. Harry Styles? Sometimes you're just so young. Come on, it's fair. No, That's I who it. I grow up. You yeah. give me teen years. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Who's yours? Okay. Uh, probably Hillary Duff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to, like, be her or date her. Right. But I only know that looking back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for your segment. And my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? No. He he, he, he ate something. That FP yeah. took away from him, but yeah, don't know what it was. You know what? I didn't even get to see him eat cake at the party. No. Was there cake? I don't know. I feel no. like there should... I If Betty's planning a party, I feel like there's going to be cake. Yeah. She was like talking about trays, like I don't, but I don't know what, the, what was on the trays. Hmm. There you go. Probably cocktail weenies. I have a new segment. It's called, Did the Snake Parents Acknowledge Their Obvious History? Kinda. Okay. Do we want to... Let's explain for everyone who is not following our train of thought okay, here. Okay. Why we named FP and Alice snake parents. Sure. First of all, we didn't. No. Our friend Kelly did. Yeah. She's closer to find on uh, Twitter. 
Um, there's this nomenclature that, like, the way the naming system works for some ships, for, like, more, like, adult characters in a whole array of different shows is whatever their, their sort of defining shared thing is, and then parents. Mm-hmm. So it first started, I, I, I think, with um, Alias, and it was Spy Parents. And then Battlestar Galactica, it was Space Parents, because we couldn't mash Adot and Rosalind's names together without it sounding really dumb. Mm-hmm. And then Kane and Abby on The Hunter became Sky Parents. So following the S words, now we like FP and Alice being uh, Snake Parents because... Their ship name is Phallus, and I, Robin has thoughts on this. Somebody pick up a dictionary and realize <laughs> what the heck Phallus means. Like, that's not what it's, like, that's not how it's, it's spelled, you know? It's spelled with an F, and it's spelled like Alice with an F in front of it, but Phallus, P-H-A-L-L-U-S, is literally, like, a penis. Like, that's what it means. Like, like say it out loud. Phallus. Do not call them that. That's a terrible, terrible name. <laughs> Call them snake parents, please. For the love of all that is good. Who did this? <laughs> it's even funnier when you say that. Anyway, did they acknowledge their obvious history? Kinda, and I'm into it. Alice. Now for our best line awards. Uh, my best line award clearly goes to Alice and FP for how would never come. Well, then leave them at home. Just that full pause, please, because I just want to feel it. The best lion award is actually just the pause. Yeah, yes, yes. And my honorable mention goes to Archie for... I said I love you to her, Dad. And she didn't say it back. And yes, she heard me. And mine goes to Alice for... Honey, what do you want? Shirley Temple? (laughs) Because you can take your daughter to, like, a rundown bar, but she still can't drink alcohol. Parenting with Alice Cooper. Time for our trailer reaction. Oh my god, I haven't watched it. You ready? Yes. All right, tra- playing the trailer in three, two, one, go. Okay. Merry Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're still friends. I don't oh. want things to be forced between us. Oh, okay, so they're That's definitely okay. broken up then. Yeah. The yeah. time for being daddy's little girl is over. <gasps> Dark is in the chair. This is the part where we stop the Black Hood. And right now, Okay, that's the picture that he had. That was the picture that Svensson had. Oh my god. I know where Can this is. Can we ends. talk about Cheryl's house? Death. River oh my gosh. Finale, this Betty with the gun pointed to her. That was and, a lot. And like a scary Santa. Oh my gosh, Sweet Pea and Fangs are here. I'm Yeah, paused. what's up with what's up with the scary Santa? <laughs> well, I have thoughts on this actually. Oh my gosh. What? Oh my gosh. 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 What? Pause on the scary Santa and look at the background. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> is that Polly? It looks like Polly. Is that a bunch of. That actually scared the crap out of me. And those are dead people in the background. Or like unconscious people. Oh this is a god. dream. Right? I don't think. that Maybe. Yeah, because he's coming right at the camera. Okay, I have Frick. thoughts on this because. Oh, next- yeah, it's a dream because the next shot is uh, Betty looking at it and the lighting's the same. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's coming right at Betty. Okay, so, um, okay, 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 okay. <gasps> Holy crap. Okay, so, next episode is called Silent Night, Deadly Night. And it was a 1984 American slasher film. Uh, it took place at Christmas, and it was about this guy who had PTSD because, I guess, he watched his parents get murdered on Christmas Eve. And the serial killer in it 
is this guy, or maybe it's the same guy. I don't remember, but um, he dresses up as Santa and kills people. So like this is really oh on my the nose. God. Okay. Well, and there I was have like a new fear. There was like a whole like series of these films like about this killer Santa and stuff. But yeah, okay, I super have a new fear. <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was nuts. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, Next month, we'll be going to a wonderful convention called Unity Days about the uh, show again. And we also talked about all of season four last year. And we'll be talking about season five in in the coming year. And we'll be recording our trailer reaction soon. Yes. Yes. Hopefully soon. Do you hear me, writers? Waiting. We also have a Lost podcast, which is Robin's Pride and Joy. So yes. if you're into talking about smoke monsters and con men, you should come join us. I mean, you know, our Lost podcast has, like, the least amount of listens, and that's because it's not a show that's, like, currently on. But, you know, we just do it because we enjoy it. So, yeah, it's the, it's okay. it's fun. Uh, you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, and YouTube soon. Oh yeah, our YouTube um, channel is going to be great. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. Uh, if you can help us out with any server costs, we would absolutely love you so, so much, but we'll love you anyway. It all goes right back into the podcast. It so absolutely love your help. does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And next episode uh, is the fall finale. It's episode 209, Silent Night, Deadly Night. So I'm going to miss this ridiculousness over Christmas. <laughs> All right. And um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.